Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Little Wins podcast, season two. Let's talk about it. Today, we're talking about orthopedics with Johnny Caffaro, director of sales for the West for United Orthopedic Corporation, also connector, innovator, and um, a fashion icon to me (laughs) (laughs) since those boots. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Thank you for being here. Yeah, I'm excited. Me yes, too. Those boots are fire. They're really, really. The boots really... are fire. Yeah. We're going to end with that. Sorry, but sorry. Yeah. Like, well, but yeah. it just, you know, <laughs> the boots. I, um, I want to tell everybody if it's all right to start how I found you, really. Yeah, please do. Um, one of my four kids, as many people know, has cerebral palsy. And we have routine hip x-rays and bone density tests. And it's come up in conversation a few times that she may need um, some form of hip surgery, a transplant going forward sometime in the future. I was terrified by the thought years ago. And then I realized through so many other situations that the more you know about, like the more information you have on a topic, the more it dispels your fear and confusion. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna, just gonna look into it. I'm just gonna do a little Google. And I came across your story. And um, much like when her, and stay with me, I know, um, much like when her neurologist said, she's going to need to go on an anti-seizure medication. And I was scared. She said, her neurologist said two of my children are on this medication. Oh, wow. So when I saw your story and you are someone who has a personal connection to this, yeah, it's almost like if you're going to take a referral or a recommendation when it's also plus someone's personal experience and that's their reason for doing so, um, boy, that's, that's like you struck gold when you're looking for information. Oh, yeah. I mean, you always want to be able to go off of a recommendation at first, but then when a specialist has been through that same issue, you're going to trust them that much more or be able to value their opinion. And so I think it's crucial to be able to find a personal touch with that. Absolutely. Can you tell us about your personal touch? Yeah. I mean, which one? No. So I was. No, uh... how did you get into this? <laughs> because, okay. So, first of all, everybody, you're um, in hips and knees. Yes. Yeah, so we sell, my company that I work with, we sell hip, knee, and um, limb salvage oncology um, implants and instruments for that. So that's what our company sells, so knee and hip replacements. And- well, and really innovative, I must say. I, I, I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to you, but from the research I did prior to this conversation, really, really interesting and exciting updates have been made since, yes. since last I looked when my mom you know, had hit exactly. a few years ago, even yep. it's, it's really, really cool. No, it's awesome. I mean, the innovation that's coming out with the orthopedic field and a lot of surgeons, new designs and their ideas and the companies coming out with, I mean, it's been great. I mean, even updates from what, six years ago was from my last hip replacement. And so, um, there's so many cool technology that's coming out. That, like you shouldn't be scared of getting a hip or you shouldn't be scared of getting a knee because of all the new technology, I think it's, it's, it was frowned upon or, I mean, looked down upon back in the day, like, oh, 
go as long as possible before you get that surgery or it's going to mess you up. And now it's just like, I recommend people getting it as soon as possible so they don't mess up their body even more. Yes. And I've talked about this on the podcast before when we were talking about orthotics and prosthetics, we are going to get to your personal story where if that little pain in your foot and in the way that it travels up your body. And if you move your body to stay comfortable in ways that it's not meant to be moved, how you can, you can damage other things. So yes. And it's, it's a really exciting time for this. I, I personally reading about it yesterday and some of the new, um, what do we call them? Parts? Yeah. Components. You'd say components. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> parts are good. No, we have part numbers for them. Absolutely. Yeah, parts. <laughs> um, components, um, are really incredible. Yeah. This is exciting. And so, right. yeah, I think people need to backslash read about it and, and know, and know their options on it. But if you wouldn't mind, please tell us Yes. how, yeah. how did you get into this field? Yeah. So, I mean, I was, uh, I was born with a pretty rare hip disease. Um, four out of every hundred thousand babies get it. And it's called leg calf Perthes disease. And it's not enough, uh, blood supply went to the femoral head or the hip socket. And so it grew deformed. And so instead of, uh, it looking like a ball, it grew like a tomahawk and it would slip out of socket. And so, um, I mean, I was trick-or-treating one night and my parents saw me fall down and face planet completely. And I'm like, I didn't think anything of it. I mean, I was five years old and I'm like, oh, I got to get back up. got to go get more candy. And um, not only, I mean, 20 seconds later, 20 steps later, I fall down again and face planet. And mm. my dad's like, he's a little too athletic just to be like tripping over his feet or tripping over. It's like, there's something got to be wrong. So, I mean, we go to a lot of doctor's offices and we go to a lot of um, clinics and then we finally find the diagnosis of that disease. And I mean, devastated, right? But I mean, there was two options for me. They could have put me in a cast for six months and I could lay in bed and let the hip joint heal or put me in braces and let it heal that way, like Forrest Gump. And so I always try to explain my story as, have you guys seen the movie Forrest Gump? Um, I had braces on my legs like him and um, I tried to run really fast and they never came off, but I just never let it let me get, get down because I mean, I was a kid and I wanted to enjoy life. I get home and the first day that I had the bracelet on, I jump on my bike and I just start pedaling around the neighborhood. My mom calls the doctor like, is he allowed to do this? Is, is like, this fine? Is this okay? <laughs> like, she's like crying. Like, I don't know what to do. He's like, let him be normal. Let him like, if he can do stuff, let him do it. Let him do it. And that's like, honestly, just one second, because that's important for parents to hear as someone who has four children and has been through a few situations where, like you said, it's you said it was devastating for them to hear. I think a lot of that devastation is usually like the derivative, it's um, fear of not knowing. Yeah. Like, what does this mean for my child? Which has always been the purpose of this podcast is for everything I didn't have when I first had my twins, let's share the information and what I've been so fortunate to find in this season, especially when it's like, let's talk about, and it's a big topic. I find people like you who we can talk about the parts or the components, you know, all day long. And you have that information, but you also have this personal story. And so um, for the people, I think to dispel the fear 
it's critical that we share this. You have to. I mean, like, but as a parent, we all know we want the best for our child or we want the best for our children because, I mean, that's what you do. You raise them and you grow them and you want them to have everything they have. And so when you see your child suffer or you see them hurt or in pain, you want to do everything in your power to fix it. But sometimes we can't and we have to let them live and let them be okay with it because kids are resilient and will bounce back. They will do everything they can, but we can't also hover over them in a sense where like baby them or nurture them to the point where they're going to go into that pain or into that um, fear. They have to spread their wings and fly. And I think that's what I did. I mean, jumped on my bike and just went like, I just didn't think anything of it. Did did I pedal weird? Yeah, I did because my legs were bowed out with my braces, but I didn't care. Like I pedaled in your own way. Exactly. That's what I've always said. Whenever Ava's like, why can't I walk? I'm like, girlfriend, you're in a walker. This is how you walk. Yeah. This is your walking. You and are walking. Yep. Everybody's way. And the more I spell that, yeah, yeah, that like, everybody is different and so I love that you got on your bike and I'm sure I can just feel your mom just as a mother I I too would have been like this is fine right this is fine but if um if it feels natural because I do always resort back to we came from or so we think you know from the woods right from we came as um animals basically we have animal instincts if it feels right to you and when you're looking at a child specifically when they have um more attention to their instincts than than we do as adults if they're gonna go let them go absolutely i think and i am by the way not a medical professional (laughs) i am not a professional in really any capacity i'm just a mom uh, and That's, those are the best professions right there going the with my gut you know <laughs> no it's true I mean it's just you have to know that there's going to be hard times and struggles but if you can let your children or let the people around you fly or pedal on their own or pedal walk how they need to to let them know that they they can grow they don't need to be hovered upon and I mean helicopter mom or dad to be able to know that they're going to succeed because you've instilled into them I mean how old your kid eight nine years of how your philosophy is like you don't give up you keep going you push forward so let them do those things that you taught them push forward don't give up keep working hard and I mean let it let the dominoes fall how do they fall you know what I mean lay the foundation for I will always be here I will always be here I will be your constant and I'll get all the medical information I can. We'll get the best care. We're going to figure it out. We're going to talk to other people, but in the interim, live your life, go out and live your life. And I love that you did that because how many hip surgeries did you have? Yeah. I haven't even got to there yet, but I, I was, I had three, I've been a part of three, two failed surgeries and I had to get a third and it was, it was rough to say I had sorry I skipped to that because I'm still not over it I I maybe I just needed to air it because I just can't (laughs) get over it like a hip surgery I took care of my mom in the hospital when she had her hip surgeries and it was it was it's a thing for sure I mean this 10 years ago ish so it's a lot different now yeah 
but still it was a thing, especially, you know, for an older woman. But when I read that, I was like, wow, all right, that's, <laughs> that's a thing. So is. you ride off on your bike. Yeah, and- rode off on my bike. And then, no, so then, I mean, life became normal. The braces came off after a couple of years and they said it was, I mean, fixed to the point that it could be. Um, and so I continued to play sports and I continued to do everything um, that I liked and that I had a passion for. Um, and so then it came time that I served a mission for a ch- my church and I served in Finland, Helsinki, Finland and negative 40 degrees, um, cobblestone streets. It really, really tore up my hip. I was walking my maybe 15, 18 miles a day oh my gosh, and gosh. it just tore up my hip. And so I had to come back and I had to get I mean, so many more doctor consults and I wasn't in the industry yet. So I didn't really know like what I needed to do for this and like who are the best doctors. And there's only so much Google you can do at that time. This was uh, what, 10 years ago. I was just going to ask you. Yeah. So when Uh, was this? Yeah. 10 years ago was my first, like coming back down. And so it's like, what do I do? Like, what's the best point? And so then we go to the university of Utah and there's a surgery called a periacetabular osteotomy. You're going to have to send that to me later because I yes. don't. Can you say it again? Can you break it down in phonetic yep. syllables? Yes, yes. Just Peri- for the people. Acetabular osteotomy. Okay. So it's when it's for short, it's PAO. That's what we use in our medical terms. Okay, PAO. So, yeah. Yeah, we can PA- yeah. you know that, right? You guys all remember that. Yeah. And so what they do is they go in and they rotate your femoral head, shave it to be able to help it get into socket and then put five screws in. And the issue is with that surgery, I mean, it could be a great success or it can be a huge failure. And um, I had to, I had to sit in bed for six weeks to let the screw set. That was the hardest six weeks of my life because I am a busybody and I always like to move. And um, after 18 months, I was in more pain before my surgery because it failed and just devastated I mean I was just I couldn't even fathom the fact that that surgery failed and I had to go back in for another one and I wait how old were you at the time I was 22 on my first one yeah that's for a 22 year old male and you were at bed for six weeks you're just like come on man yeah let's go (laughs) like come on I gotta this is not fair this just shouldn't be happening yeah Um, I, I mean, I lost, I lost so much like hope and like, cause like I was in all sports, I felt super, ath- I mean, athletic family. I mean, everybody played sports in my family. So like the fear fact that like I had to sit in bed for six weeks and then like potentially go get a second one after I, I, I was just like, man, I'm never going to play sports again. Like this is my passion. This is my drive. And I don't even get to have this opportunity to play anymore. And so then um, we go back to the University of Utah, the same doctor, and um, he does my hip replacement. And by putting in the stem. Wait, you went to the same doctor? Fascinating. Yeah, because, I mean, the University of Utah is a great medical place. No, they are. But I am one of those that, that like, when we had a situation with with my twins, I was like, new hospital, new doctor, new everything just switch so so this is good for me too to know that you could have a different experience well my thing is is like I I went back to him because other people I mean I still went and got other opinions of course but I mean other other surgeons were older in their time they 
wanted to do different procedures that I didn't think that was going to be good for me. And so he went back and he's innovative. And um, I'm like, okay, I can go back to him. I think, I mean, this is a straightforward case. And it wasn't as straightforward as we thought, because when he did the second hip replacement, he, uh, they fractured my hip, my femur, putting in the stem. Yeah. What? Yeah. How does that happen? Um, oversized stem or not paying attention to a certain point or picking a different stem that was not good for my bone type. Uh, a lot of things can factor into it. I mean, University of Utah is a teaching facility as well. So there could have been a fellow in the room training mm. when the surgeon's helping. And I mean, this is all stuff that I've learned after being in the industry. <laughs> yeah, I have thoughts on that. I just don't know if I can like really say them without offending because I, I believe in teaching hospitals, but I've also been, you know, pregnant where I have a fellow trying to put an IV in my arm and they've, they've tried 16 so times. times exactly and I'm like I'm just really pregnant and I'm not okay <laughs> I, with this yeah, like exactly. I just like I like I'm so here true. for education but I like I can't but yeah. that is not at all remotely close to what you just described I, I do think it's awesome and important to note that you did all of this research yourself and looked into the options and people need to understand that that they have to do that research it and know know your stuff and then ask the questions i learned the hard way don't go in and just say yep. oh that's what i need yep. so i'll have that please like exactly no you have to because like i mean sad to say it but like a surgeon at the top of the class and at the bottom of the class is still going to be a surgeon at the end of the day so you want to be able to find someone that's going to take good care has good bedside manners that is going to i mean kind of craft a good surgery towards your needs and benefits specific to yours exactly yes. and so i feel like you have to do the research you have to go to healthgrades.com you have to go to i mean the websites that show is this surgeon what's his score what's his what's the reviews just like companies just like businesses have reviews on google surgeons and clinics have reviews as well and so those are very important to know to be healthgrades.com just because i've never that's one of them yeah that's one of them i mean that's okay. healthgrades.com well that's yeah. a place to start and then they'll auto populate right oh, yeah, they'll just keep but going. yeah do that yeah. and, you have, and to. have that ownership you have to but we didn't have that 10 years ago no. so take advantage of that anyone who hears this and anyone that's who's in a similar situation do you know how important that is that's oh, it, it's huge i mean that's i mean uh, finally yeah. the medical field caught up to the fact that businesses have reviews right and so why not surgeons yeah. have reviews and people giving because word of mouth can only go so far hey have you ever operated on a 22 year old can you recommend somebody you know what i mean like that's that doesn't happen like no one's really gonna want to touch someone that young because of complications or issues and so you have to do your research you have to, and then, and then you can go from there, ask questions, but, but be as educated as you possibly can going in, into that room. And don't be afraid to stop and say, please start from the beginning. Or can yep. you expand on that? hundred percent. I think people get very, very scared or frightened by the fact of big term medical term words or like mm -hmm. you can't really follow the surgeon. So you're just going to trust what he says because he's smart and he's giving you all the answers, but it is okay to ask the questions. You're supposed to ask the questions because 
you're going to walk out of there either super confident in that meeting or you're going to walk out like I guess I'm getting something done to me but I don't know what even more terrified yeah yeah I mean and it's okay to ask the questions and you can hey can you dumb down it for me a little bit yeah that's why I'm like phonetic syllables (laughs) (laughs) phonics worked for me (laughs) yeah can you just I don't care I've never been afraid of a dumb question can we go back to your broken femur yes yeah. So I, I'm lost. What happened? Yeah, we didn't. So the, it, like, you're supposed to be walking the same day. You're supposed to be like rehabbing and physical therapy, be going upstairs the next week. Um, but the first month I could barely like squat. I could barely do, I mean, you're not supposed to squat that far, but I could barely do any of my PT exercises. My mm-hmm. leg was just killing me. I couldn't walk up the stairs. It was awful. So I keep going back to him and I'm like, Hey, listen, like there's something wrong with my leg. And a lot of the surgeons, I mean, and then I finally got into the medical field and I uh, got it. I'll tell you how I got into the medical field next, but it's just so many people want to tell you what's wrong with you instead of the patients actually telling you what's wrong. And so I walked on a broken femur for 18 months. Well, broken. also, I want to say this is this is kind of like the second part of what we were just talking about, because if we put all of our faith and all of our trust into, you know, someone who we think they have all this education and I'm not taking I would never take that away from any surgeon or doctor or whatever. Yeah. But how could they be that to every single person exactly. in a single day? So you yeah. have to do your part, too. Yeah. And the second part of it is, is that exact Thing that you're talking about where I had a foot surgery. I, I told you, we've talked about this and yeah. it, it um, was not great and walked around on it forever thinking, so maybe yeah. this is just the result of it for me. Exactly. When it didn't really have to be that way, nope. but mm-hmm. I didn't know. And that was also like, yeah, 11, 12 years ago. So around the same time where there wasn't that much information yeah. out there. Exactly. And it's okay to go in and ask questions and say, and hey, be like, yo, this isn't working. Not working. Yeah. I'm like in some pain. Yeah, <laughs> don't take their, yeah. don't take their like, Hey, it's okay. It's just healing. It's been three months or Hey, it's okay. Like tell them what's wrong, show them the areas that's wrong and be able to keep talking about it. So it gets fixed. So you don't have that lingering pain for the rest of your life. And don't think you're alone in that. Exactly. No. And so then this is how I got into the medical field is that I was working for a company with my brother and um, a a technology company. And um, I got my second hip, uh, I got my second one, the fractured, and I was out for what, a month, I think. And I got back to work and my brother, the CEO wanted me to go meet. So my brother's like, Hey, the CEO wants to meet with you. And I got let go. Of, of, the, of a tech of a tech company for yeah so it was a startup company that my brother was involved in and I came on um, and it was a it was this really cool technology where we helped prevent shoplifting at major retail stores and they Ooh. would instead of them taking uh, instead of them going to jail or getting processed they would take our program and be able to not have it on their record and so we would implement it into Walmart, 99 cent store, all these different, it was awesome. It was a great program and we were helping so many different people. I shoplifted when I was in sixth grade. Really? I did. You would have benefited from this program then. I got caught. (laughs) I'd be in the program. Do you know that I totally forgot about it until you just said that? Yeah, I stole some gum. That's okay. I think we've all done that. Stole some gum 
And um, yeah, I got caught and it was really awkward. I haven't stolen a single thing. Since. <laughs> I haven't yeah. thought about it. Traumatized. It was awful. Yeah. <laughs> but I would have benefited from your program. <laughs> That's so interesting. You say you say technology startup and I'm like, wait, what? Tell me more. Yeah, yeah. hold on. Tell me more. For, we for talk obvious. About, we can talk about that later. <laughs> but yeah, we'll talk about that later. Another podcast, another day. Um, okay. So that, so you got laid off. Yeah. And it was devastating because um, I have a six month old baby and I just bought a house. And, uh, and so then I'm like, what am I going to do? So I started researching so much. I'm like, I want to do something that I'm passionate about. I want to do something to feel that I have a personal touch. And I'm like, my hip, I'm going to go into the medical field. I'm going to try. And I know it. like at that time, you, it's so hard to get into the medical field without experience. And people want to be like, do you have medical experience? Do you have all this? And so I reached out to all my, uh, my dad's contacts because he coached at BYU and all the striker regional managers were all from BYU football. And so I kept on reaching out and say, Hey, do you guys have a position? Do you have something available? And they didn't. And, um, and then I at called. Striker? Yeah, they didn't that striker. I've heard it's like really hard to get. It is. It's brutal. That's all no, I don't it, know anything it's about. It's super, it, super like, hard. I mean, they, yeah. they make you do a lot of interviews, do a ride along, and then they yeah. make you do a Gallup test that defines your personality to see if you're a good fit for the company. I will throw you through so many ringers. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That's what it sounds like. Whenever yeah. I but it's good though, because it prepares you for what the job it tells. hundred percent. And so then I called a, a manager for Schreiker up in Washington and there was a position open and I was getting really far into the process and I was getting really excited, really pumped. And then it just stalled. And then I went uh, full on crazy stalker and found out the manager was going to be in California for vacation. And I packed up my family and I'm like, hey, we're going down to California for a couple of days to try to get an interview. No, you did. And I love yeah. it. Sometimes oh, yeah. you have to. And I, I was jobless. I had no money coming in. I had to put yes. everything on my credit card and yep. I had to put, I mean, the hardest decision of my life to be able to do this, but I'm like, I'm doing it. Like if I don't yeah. go, yeah. I, won't, I won't have an opportunity again. Yeah. So I go down there and I text him. I'm like, hey, um, I'm here. I hope you're all well. Crazy. I'm in California as well, too. I'd love to meet if you have any chance opportunity. A couple of days go by, nothing. I'm like, gosh, dang it. This, this sucks. Come on. And then I get a text back. He's like, hey, man, if you can come to my hotel room today by like 10, um, just come in a tank top, shorts and flip flops. We'll hang out on the beach and have a chat. You're like weird. I'm already here. <laughs> I'm like, perfect. But I'm like an hour away. So I have to like hurry and rush and get ready. But the coolest thing that I've always been taught, my dad always told me, you only get one chance to make a first impression. Yeah. And he told me to come in a tank top, shorts and flip flops. I showed up in a suit and tie on the beach. Yes, you did. And uh, had a great conversation. I mean, I think that really changed the trajectory of my life because the next day I got a job offer to go to Stryker. And it was one of the coolest experiences because not right after I left, he had another interview with a guy that had seven years of medical experience and he showed up in a tank top and shorts. And I think me being able to have that instilled in me that like, I need to make a first impression and how I come across is how they're going to see me the rest of my life. Uh, and so I got the job that way and it was, it was incredible. It was awesome. A surreal feeling. Like, don't you love when a plan comes together? <laughs> I mean, like, it wasn't really how we planned it. Right. And I no. was about to say all hail the underdogs. Right. I I've had that experience in my life in so many jobs where you don't have um, maybe the resume 
Well, I didn't have a resume at yeah. all. <laughs> but I didn't have anything medical in mind like at all, but I could say, hey, I've had but, two hip replacements. <laughs> yeah, and I can tell you, I will never let you down was my biggest, like, and I, I am that person. Yeah. I'm, showing, I'm presenting today exactly who I will always be. Hell exactly. or high water, my friends. Yeah. And that is, um, it's so worth going the extra mile. And so maybe they don't respond, like you said, or a, a few times. The persistence. Yep. Yes. Like your, like your post today on LinkedIn <laughs> that moved me. And yeah. has, as so many of yours do. And the honesty and vulnerability in it. But that kind of determination yep. is so... Uh, well, maybe it's just my life experience, but I feel like it's, it's not every day that you meet someone with that and, but they're, but they're out there and maybe everyone else needs to just hear that. It's all right to hear no, 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 12 times, but keep going and show up and you come to that party. Correct. Just like you did. Yep. You might get a yes. You might get a yes. 100%. And even if you don't do it again, exactly. Like never, no, never it's ever. so true. Yeah. I, I, the funny thing is to me, I'm, I'm probably sick in the head, but I look at as no, as like, okay, what's my next step to be able to get them to yes. I'm like, okay, I got one objective down. They said no to this. So I'm going to hit them with something else. Oh, you're <laughs> saying no to this. Like, okay, let me get to this Avenue. Like I feel it as a game because eventually you're going to hit a hot spot or a hot button and you're going to get a yes eventually. And if not, you're not, then it's not meant to be. And then don't like lose sleep over it because that's not where you needed to be in that moment in that time. Well, and you wouldn't Johnny, because the, the thing about you is that if you come from the life situation, not that that was your only definition of you that you had, yep. you know, a a rare disease as a child and that you've had hip replacements. That's not the definition of you. These were things that happened to you, but they couldn't find you. Yeah. And they could have been the thing you hung your hat on and said, and said, nah, you know, life is kind of done me dirty. And (laughs) that was lame. So I'm, what was me? And and you could have made other choices, but it's just, it's the thing. Um, Maybe like I've said in another podcast, I can't remember which one, but oh, I was talking about my daughter and in, in uh, for World CP Day, where I couldn't believe it came out of my mouth, but it's it just conjured to my mind. It it's like your capacity for joy and also pain. Um, if if it, yeah. if you know this much, if you're if if you know so much pain, you're able to know so much more joy. You know, if it's this short little, I'm doing a hand gesture of what am I doing? Maybe it's a Twix, <laughs> maybe it's a Twix bar. Yeah, Twix bar. Maybe I mime. Yeah. It's a Twix size. Like if you've <laughs> only felt now. this much pain, maybe you'll only feel this much joy. Yeah. But, if, but if you've been through all of that and you pick yourself up and you say, nope, that's not what defines me. That, that was lame. Yep. Yeah, didn't love it. Didn't so, yeah. love it at yeah. all. I don't want it again. No, that sucked big time. Yep. But I'm just, I'm just going to take it with me. Yep. hundred percent. And that gave you from, you know, I don't know you, but, I, <laughs> but from an outsider perspective, like obviously this other super power of just, well, hell or high water. Yeah. I'll try it from a different angle. 
Okay, yep. sir. Yeah. Try again tomorrow from exactly. a different place. And well, like, I hope more people do that. No, I, I mean, I feel like the no's really get to shape you or the trials or like you said, without knowing despair, you won't know joy. And I feel like if you can't, if you don't, it's okay to sit in it. Don't worry. Like you can sit in the despair for a moment, right? You have, oh, you to, have, you to. have to feel the fills because if you don't feel the fills, you can't process it. And then your whole body, everything will just go out of whack. But like, yeah. you got to get out of it because it's only going to make you grow and it's only going to put you in a better position because other situations in life are going to come. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hey, I can rely on that moment and be able to get past this one right now that I'm in because I've already been through something so difficult that I know how to be able to manage this one. Absolutely. So. And then and then it's a choice exactly. that we ultimately make. Yep. When the the couple terrible things that I went through, I I learned that very quickly. Well, I could easily play this card multiple yep. times yep. and say, well, this happened to me. So that's why I'm a mm-mm. Yeah. Um, or is that the life I want? And I'm not faulting anybody for choices that they make, but this is the choice I made. Yep. And it's the choice you made where I said, it's still my life and I have to live it. Yeah. So what do I want it to be? Exactly. Am I going to just like enjoy. Put it in my pocket and be like, this happened, <laughs> whatever. I'm going to bring it out for yeah. stories like this and share it with exactly. people who need to hear it. And, 100%. but it won't be my daily um, condition. No, I mean, I'm walking down the street. No one's ever going to know that I've had three hip replacements. No one knows that I've had a physical ailment. I'm, I mean, I don't ever let it known. Or I never, I mean, people will never know until, I mean, basically I go to the airport and I have to go through with the security and I said, hey, I need to go through this one. They're like, no, I'm like, I've had three hip replacements. Like, no, you haven't. I'm like, okay, let me show you my scars. Yeah, bro. Like, yeah. I, like, that's when it comes out, you know I mean like okay if you don't believe me just because I'm young I mean come on now but it's like I I don't let it like you just said it's not written on my forehead and it's not written on my chest that's saying woe is me I I it's not defining who I am it's helped shape who I am but it's not defining who I am it's one of your badges you know exactly one of your many um so third one's a charm yep so I mean we'll see (laughs) we get there yeah so (laughs) <laughs> then I get into uh, start working for Stryker. And um, I mean, the medical field is, it was nothing that I thought it was going to be like. It was running gun. It was so many hours, so many different surgeries, tray setups. I mean, implants. I mean, it was awesome. I learned uh, fire by trial, but like it was nothing I imagined. But then during the process, during the next like year, 18 months, I, I didn't know, like nobody could diagnose that my leg was fractured. And so I'm in everyday chronic pain. Um, I go to a surgeon uh, in Washington because I'm out of Utah now and I'm in Washington state and he wants to do a shot in my back. I'm like, guys, it's right here. It's in my femur. First of all, how old are you? I'm 25. And at the time, how long had you been with this fracture? So I think it's about, I've been about a year, a year into it. Well, and, and for those who, I mean, we can't unpack all of it here, but I did listen to your other, uh, another podcast that you you've done. Um, what is, can you remind me if people want to listen to it? There's a lot that you discuss about what it was like in those moments that really blew my mind. I don't think everybody understands that when you're in the role that you were in at Stryker, 
you, the hours and the, um, the dedication and honestly, without a medical background, what you do in that, or maybe it's not everybody, but what you did, yeah. your experience blew my mind. Yeah. It's really fascinating. And oh, I think yeah. people should hear that. And, and what an incredible opportunity if you're up for it. I mean, I saw a picture of a femur on, I think your LinkedIn page where I almost, I almost passed out. <laughs> I'm not, it, apparently it's not for me. I didn't realize, yeah. I didn't even yeah. know that I would, I would react that way, but I was like, whew. Well, I mean, that's part of the interview with strikers. They bring you on ride along to be able to go into the OR to see if candidates can be able to hack being in the OR and see blood and smell the smells in the OR. And so mm, I think I'm a pinch hitter. I'm more of like an emergency <laughs> situation person. Like if I need you to go, we'll then go. Like, in. Yeah, in. but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's impressive. So who that that podcast for those who maybe someone's listening who is thinking of going into that field, you really have a lot of information in that. The one that I yeah, it was medical sales accelerator yeah. podcast. Thank you. Yep. Yep, no, it yep. was, I mean, I went definitely detail into that. And I mean, day in the life of a rep, um, a representative. And, and so, I mean, yeah, I was holding 50 pound totes and bringing it along and like bringing all the instruments and implants into the hospitals and bringing them to different hospitals. And all this I was doing on a broken leg, basically, essentially, I mean, every step was chronic. Every step was pain, like in your twenties. Yeah, it, it was hard. I mean, I just going back to that feeling and feeling that pain again, it's, it's, it's hard because I mean, I don't wish pain upon anybody, especially that kind of pain. And like, and so I'm like, I'm asking so many people like, I need help. Like I need help. Like nobody can help me. And, and so divine intervention, it was crazy is that, so striker sends you out to training after six months. And so I was out in Mawa, New Jersey, doing a, a week course of training on the new knees and the new hips. And the presenter was Dr. Rosemary Buckle out of Houston. Crazy. I'm in Houston right now. Ironic. And I was shocked. And she just sees that I'm in so much pain. And she like looked at my x-ray. She's like, I don't see anything like really wrong on the x-rays. Like, let me call a surgeon for you that real quick. So she calls uh, Dr. Seth Jarbeck at Hospital for Special Surgeries in New York, in Manhattan. So it's the number one um, orthopedic joint replacement hospital in the world. Anybody that's anybody goes there um, just because they are known for hip joint replacement stuff. That's, that's their bread and butter. And so he calls and she's like, Hey, I've got a student here in class. He's, he's had a couple hip replacements. He's in a lot of pain. I can't figure it out. Is there any way that you could see him? And he like kind of chuckles. He's like, like I'm booked out, but if you can get him here by two o'clock, I can be able to see him. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like this could be huge. And so I go to my instructor, my other instructor. He's like, I'll drive you down. So oh. Harry drives me down to Manhattan, comes with me. He waits in the waiting room for me. And then I go in and meet with the, the doctor and we look, get x-rays. And he's like, man, your gait, your walk gate is off. You, you can tell you're in so much pain. You're limping. He's like, why don't we go downstairs and go get an MRI? And I don't know if you've ever had an MRI or if like, it takes weeks to get approved through insurance. It takes all this time and hassle. And it's and, terrifying too. Yeah. Like when they say all that stuff. MRI, even though yeah. we're just like, it's all the stuff. It's the whole, the whole process of yeah. it. Like, oh my God, I'm dead. I'm clearly yeah. dead. <laughs> it's, it's like, why am I in this? This is the Yeah. I'm going to need to interview someone on that so we can <laughs> for, for other people. Cause I fix it. like how I'm dead. Yeah. So true. And he walks me down and he's like, he needs an MRI right now. 
and everyone's like who's this person with dr j like is he someone i'm like listen guys i'm a nobody he's just taking really good care of me i'm just the guy in the suit on the beach instead of tank top and shorts. Right? exactly so again johnny <laughs> again. you know yeah and so it was it was crazy and so we and at that time about um seven years ago or six years ago that there was only two Mars MRIs um, out there. It was one at Mayo Clinic, one at HSS, and that helps be able to get a good MRI and get rid of the metal static that would come with it in my hip. And so another divine intervention that, I mean, a huge blessing in disguise. And so he's like, okay, I'll, I'll call you on Monday once I get the results. And I'm like, okay, right, well, here we go. Like, I, I don't know. And uh, I, and so then Monday night evening comes and I'm driving away from the hospital after cases and he's calling me. I'm like, oh, I better pull over because I mean, I'm probably going to lose my mind or something. Yeah. Or I don't know. And he's like, hey, bud, how are you? I'm like, I'm all right. Hanging in there. He's like, cool. He's like, he's like, hey, um, your femur's lit up like a Christmas tree. It's fractured. And it, say it. Don't make me cry. No, it's sorry. It's just, it's super no, emotional. And I just started instantly course. just bawling because um, I knew I had to go get a third hip replacement and I had to learn to walk again. And I had to learn just so many emotions came into my head that it just, it destroyed me for a second. And he's like, Hey man, there's just two options that we can do. Um, there's a drug called Forteo that it's for seven year old. It's for older women that have back pain. And um, we can shoot it into your leg and it will help regrow your bone. Um, it's off label, but we can try it. But I doubt it's going to work because what this does is you're supposed to get off your feet for three months, five months, whatever. And That's I can't, I mean, as a medical, uh, it's not an option. Yeah. We try it for three months and I call him. I'm like, doc, like it's not, it's not working at all. And another, but I do love that innovation and yeah. I love that you pull over because I've done that because good yeah. news or bad news you I mean you've already yeah. been walking around on a on a broken leg but I'm just yeah. gonna need to take a knee for a second <laughs> yeah I, got, I need a time out <laughs> I need a time out but yeah that, I love I love that there was an option there but it wasn't working no I mean and I'm grateful for him to be able to say hey listen I don't want to do surgery like I want to try everything possible not to do surgery because a lot of people want to rush right into it and surgery sometimes isn't the answer. Right. And so know your options like, and know a good surgeon that wants to give you options. Right. Try some physical therapy or try some something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was way past the point of physical therapy. No, not you. Yeah. I know. <laughs> like, that's what I wish I would have done. But anyway. Yeah. Okay. Your story. No, you're good. And so then I, um, and so I call him and like, Hey doc, it's not working. And so at the time I'm 25, about ready to turn 26 and, um, at, you know, Obamacare with the insurance. So I'm on Stryker's insurance and my parents' insurance. And I'm like, Hey, I need to get in surgery before April 29th, before my 26th birthday. And he's like, he starts chuckling and laughing because he's already like six months booked out. Like, he's like, that's impossible. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, that's, He's like, let me make some phone calls. Let me figure this out. And I'm like, gosh, dang it. Like, here we go. Not 10 minutes later, his assistant calls. He's like, I don't know who you are or what you've done, but how does March 12th sound? Oh, I was like, what? Yes. I was like, are you serious? Like, I'll be there. Just yeah. so many emotions again, like just you know, so many blessings came in my way and like 
unbelievable. Like just so many things lined up for me to be able to have this and be able to go to the best of the best. And so I go in and March 12th, I get my third and hopefully last hip replacement. So what they did is they had to retake out everything and they had to cable the fracture site and they had to put a longer stem in and ream past it. What's a stem? What's a stem? That's that's the stem is actually one that goes into the femur. So the hips, the hip is compart is four parts. So it has a stem, it has a cup, has a head, and it has a, a poly liner that goes in so the wear doesn't go in as bad. Well, I, so, I've been looking at the pictures and I want to think I have a strong stomach. I thought I did. <laughs> but but there's, you know, some anywho. So they put it into yeah, so they re they hollow out the middle of your femur of your bone and they put the stem in to be able to have a good tight fix. And okay. so he had to take out my old one and put it in the new one. And it was a, it's called a revision type stem. So it's a lot bigger and longer. I was just going to say, what's the difference between what was Yeah, there so it's bigger that? and longer and it gives you more offset options and it helps you be able to shorten or lengthen your leg depending on if you're short or long. And so it's just and leg length differentials. Is that mm-hmm. used because my daughter has a leg length? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, that's a huge problem with the reason they think about her hips or my doctors have been concerned is because she cannot stand or walk by herself. So obviously when yeah. she, she will be able to, and yes. she can yeah. walk in the walker, yes. but not, you know, she's not on her feet is what I mean to say as, as frequently as we would want for a child at that age for the bone development. It's yeah. really for like your body and your muscles moving against gravity. And like yeah. we said in the beginning, you know, if you have that little pain in your foot and how it can travel up your body and affect it. I, mm-hmm. I understand that math yeah. when I look at, at my daughter, um, especially when there's a differential yeah. there. So we're acutely aware of it, uh, we as in me. <laughs> Yeah, no. and and making them a, yeah. There's there's you know I have all the things. But the cool thing is with our technology. I mean, that's where our heads um, are able to create offset to be able to help lengthen or shorten to be able to make sure that you have an even leg length. So I mean. And what are those heads? Just for the people. <laughs> no, it's it's standard. So you get either a ceramic head or a metal cobalt chrome head in your hip replacement. I'm gonna uh, need all of this. Here's what we're gonna do because. This is exactly what made me remember yesterday when I was like, I tried to um, learn 12 years like, um, of medical yep. background, yeah. you know, catch up in, in, in one day exactly. in that yep. I had, and it actually erased my brain completely. It just completely shut I can me. get you a write-up. I um, can, so let, you yeah, can let's just list these things and, and then we'll put it in the show notes for okay. people who, you know, if we're, if they're looking into yeah different options, at least it'll be a good place for them to start. For sure. Absolutely. Okay. Fantastic. I can get, definitely Thank get you, you a list. Yeah, absolutely. So then, um, so you, you have your third surgery and you have yes. this, this so the, uh, re- revision stem. Revision stem now. So then I'm, I spent four days in HSS and I shared a room with another patient that had a hip replacement as well. And the coolest thing is, is that Every morning, my surgeon got there, he came and checked on me. At his lunch break, he came and checked on me. And before he went home that day, he came and checked on me. Awesome. I mean, I have never had the best bedside manners. I mean, I have a relationship to, with him to this day because of how he treated me. Yeah. And the patient that was like in the same room with me, his doctor didn't come once. Oh. 
And well, so we're calling you out, doctor. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Know who you are. Yeah, we know who you are. We know who you are. Think but about like, it next but time. But even that was a huge touch. Like the surgeon didn't have to do that. Like he's going above and beyond and taking care of somebody that's doesn't know he's just a patient. But that's a true feeling of a surgeon that they are taking care of patients. That's what they're for. They're like, because he doesn't understand like how much pain I was in and how much what he did to relieve that pain. And I'm forever grateful for him to be able to like get me out of that pain. And I'm even more grateful that he took time to be able to get to know me a little bit more and like come in every morning and afternoon and night and ask me how I'm doing is like, are you okay? Like, is there any comfort? Like, and it was awesome. It was one of the coolest experiences because not a lot of people get that. And no, was- and because it's not allowed. I think a lot of, it's not allowed. I mean, in there's not enough hours in the day. So Mm -hmm. you know from your experience, like in surgery and my limited, like I I don't really know what I'm talking about, but from what I've seen or or like I had three C-sections, you know, and I've had a foot surgery. So I have been in hospitals. I I know that I I can tell you though, the fact that your your buddy never saw his surgeon one time seems abnormal because shouldn't they check on you at least once? I don't know, but it feels like that should have happened. No, like his PA, his PA came and checked on him, but not the actual surgeon. doesn't feel right. But I, I, I don't really know what else to say about that other than I think time um, constraints and um, doctor's schedules and things really need to be revised. Yeah, for sure. Because we're dealing with some big stuff here. And I think that I have to, I believe people are inherently good. Yes. So why I do, but like I do. And I believe that so many of them would really love to do what your surgeon did. But they don't have that time and they don't have the ability. And maybe they'd like to go home and see their kids for like a second or or maybe just like flee the scene because they're like, ah, they need air. I'd like to get like, go for a walk. I don't know. Eat a meal. So true. like a hectic life. I I've never been in it, but, um, that is, you know, for those who are listening, who are in that field, I'm, I never fault anyone. I just am saying if there was an option, yeah, um, boy, take just a, little, it. just a little bit more of a personal touch. I feel oh, like take pers- it. yes, a little bit of a personal touch can go a long way. Both sides will benefit. Exactly. I mean, oh. if you, if you give a personal touch, you don't think that person's going to want to refer that surgeon to all of their friends and family members because of how well they've been treated. And I think, I mean, and maybe the- it just goes straight to your heart chakra. If surgeons have hearts, they may not be able to, I don't know. <laughs> if you, I don't know if you can be all things. <laughs> like if you, there are surgeons to me are like demigods. Like, how do you, I don't know how you do what you disassociate do. Associate things with that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Disassociate. Right. Yeah. You have to have like a skill there. I don't know. It's very interesting. So maybe if they're both, but I'm super happy and um, relieved after your multiple surgeries and at such a young age and walking around on a broken leg for a year. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. That you got that experience because boy, you say divine intervention. And I'm saying that's like, well-deserved. That's, that's like, you earned that. That was for you. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I earned it, but I feel like I definitely no. divined it. <laughs> no, you are not. Nobody walks around on a broken leg. I had a broken arm. I had a fracture in my arm last year. Yeah. I think last year. 
um, breaking down equipment. I didn't know, but it was like bothering me only for three months until my hand was so swollen. Oh my goodness. But it was like tiny. It was like a hairline, whatever. It still hurt. Not a thing, but it's annoying. Yeah. But I couldn't go because of COVID. I couldn't go to a doctor's. Yeah. Like just wear this brace thingy. This will be okay for right now. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like rad. I'll just carry my kids with, with, you know, no biggie. But um, yeah, it's um, very impressive, your story and the way that you turned it into how about I take my personal experience? I learn everything there is to, you put yourself in these ride-alongs in the OR, you, you get smart on every single possible option to, to provide for people because of where you came from. Exactly. And that drive is what drew me to your story as a mom, just another mom. looking for options just in case yeah my daughter needs to have some form of hip replacement I know nothing about and instead of being terrified maybe I just learn about it and I came across your story and you responded (laughs) of course everyone's like well it doesn't happen (laughs) but it's um it's been so awesome to to talk with you yeah no I've been really enjoying it it's been awesome I mean the thing is is like I I get such a cool perspective being in my job now because I have empathy for the patient now. And I also am talking to the surgeon. And so I have two different roles now because our job is not just to sell to the doctor and make money. It's also, we're providing a service to the patients that need the pain. And I've been in that pain. I I know how bad chronic pain is. And I know what it would be like to have a surgery that could alleviate alleviate the pain. And and so I suppose like I can be able to go to a surgeon, like, listen, like, I've been on the patient side of things. I've been there and I'm not going to sell you something that's not going to work because I wouldn't put this in my body or I, I wouldn't like, but at the same time, like I could be able to be an advocate for the patient as well as like, Hey, this is a good product. I think this should be really good. And so I feel like that's why I'm like, I'm trying to get it out there and I'm trying to get my story out there to be able to have patients or people know that like, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to be able to be scared. It's okay to be able to, I mean, know the right person and so that's why like lately I've been trying to get my story out there more to be able to have people know that it's okay I mean you're gonna go through hard times and it's gonna suck but if you can keep pushing through it good things are gonna come I mean you don't know when but they will come and you're not alone and that's where you and I that first conversation when you did call me when I reached out to you and we instantly just went into this deep conversation about the things we've been through and and why we do what we do you know in different capacities i think just getting your story out there yeah it is um difficult to share so much but um but such important information it is to those who feel like they like no one can relate to them or they can't yeah. relate to anybody else yeah and so okay let's just we're gonna put our stuff on blast and yeah. i'm gonna put your stuff on blast <laughs> because i know somebody needs to hear this exactly and the inspiration the motivation to get back up and try it again and boy do you want to hear that you have a, a third hip surgery no no No, you do not. And I can't imagine what that felt like for you, but, but did you? Yeah, you did. Yep. And then look at all the things that you've done with it. And I really encourage people to go to 
um, your LinkedIn page to see the other podcasts you've done that are that really deep dive into more of what you do in the OR and, and in you know within your medical background, sure. not just your personal life, because yeah. Because this is this this is really an important story. Maybe we just do like a three part series. Yeah, a Johnny. Definitely. A, three part hey, I'm series. down. If you have me, I'll be on it. <laughs> oh, I, I will definitely have you. You have so much experience in so many important ways that I know would benefit my community or Absolutely. anyone who's Appreciate maybe that. somebody's just trying to figure out maybe somebody is like, I'd really like to work for Stryker. Yeah. Or, you well, know what, it, like all the yeah. many different things. It, it's, information. No, I, no, it's true. I mean, I, I did a post and a lot of people have reached out to me because I did that podcast. And a lot of these people are asking, like, how did I get, like, how can I get into the field? Can you help me? Is there certain questions? Like, I'm helping people be able to know that, like, hey, listen, I'm an open book. I would love to help anybody because I wish I had a mentor 10 years ago when I tried to get into the yeah. field. I wish somebody told anything, told you anything, anything about the medical anything. field, anything that for an experience or what to say or how to do it. But I did it all on my own. And I, I, I of course, I knew I was going to be able to do it just because my mindset is like, I'm going to reach my goal no matter what. Because you're not, the kid that rode off with two braces. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's not if, like, it's when. Yeah. That's what I've always told myself. Yeah. So I, I'm a big manifester. I manifest things for me. And like, but the thing is, like, if you can be able to have that, you'll be you'll be good. And like, you can be able to help people along the way. Like, life is so short, and there's so many opportunities. Why not bring people along and help them? Help and them, and look and, how much fun we can have while we yeah, do it. Exactly. I, like that. Do you remember back in the day where it was like? kill and be killed of yeah. the business. Like yep. I was listening to, I don't know, some weird podcast the other day about business in, in the late nineties, early two thousands. I don't know why, I don't know how I got there, <laughs> but I think that was the important message that I heard. And I was like, yikes, what a time to be alive. Yeah. I, um, I don't feel that way personally, but I do feel there are more of us out there who are starting to try to reach out to anyone who needs us yeah. to say, I have experience in these areas and yeah. I'm here to help you. Absolutely. And I, and you don't have to go through what yeah. I did because I already learned that. I could tell you all about it. I could give you the cliff notes or the whole, yep. like the whole <laughs> novel, but like, you don't have to feel one, like you're alone or yep. completely live that as if no one else has, um, I got you. So and, and it's, it's really rad. No, it's awesome. I mean, just case in point today, I, I haven't really never met anybody with my same disease. Like it's weird because like, that's one of my rare. questions Four out of every hundred, but I got a message just before we got on the podcast. He said, loved your last post. I actually had Lake Perthes too growing up. I had braces on my legs from kindergarten. I mean, from first grade to second grade. And man, your story is super powerful and it resonated with me. Keep up the good work. I'm like, whoa, like by me sharing that disease, somebody else had that disease and we can relate and be able to help each other. I was like, yeah. this is incredible. Like there's gotta be a little mini community of Lake Perthes disease. You know what I mean? Like, how did you get out of it? Like, what have you done? Like, what are your, like, and it was so cool to be able to do that. And that's why I feel like it's so awesome to be able to, like, as much as people don't want to talk about their personal feelings or being vulnerable or sharing like, 
in-depth stuff it's it's but crucial to be able to help people it's crucial but like we were saying about the the surgeon visiting the patient it's mutually beneficial like yeah. what it would do for that surgeon yeah. to be able to have that moment and that connection it's hum it's just humanity it's um who i think we are on a very if we if we're just like boiled down to our basic level of just feelings and emotions and who we are in our heart. Um, we all feel the same things. It doesn't matter yeah. what you do or where you yeah. come from or anything. We are humans yep. having a human experience we all have feelings. and, and yeah. And so put it on blast because your story, the fact that someone reached out to you today about just that one facet of your experience is incredible. But yeah. I just mentioned that someone who could be interested in striker would also yeah. connect. So yeah. when you tell the full thing, there's a lot out there. I'm just so grateful that you uh, that you would even share yours. And, and isn't it so much fun? I mean, it's terrifying. No, it is. It's only totally terrifying. It Remember is. how nervous I was? Still nervous. <laughs> But no, like, but it is, it's so gratifying to be able to share. It is scary, but like, I love being able to share my story because I want to be able to help people and be able to impact their lives and be able to, I mean, yeah. say, Hey, it's okay. You're not alone. Like you just said earlier, like, it's okay. Like I've been through this, I can help you through it. And if not, I can still be your friend because if that's not what you need, great, that's awesome. But like, let me help you and like, find out the people that you can help. And so by blasting it out there and telling my story and like, trying to get it out there. I mean, that's why I'm really appreciative of you letting me share my story on your podcast. It's, it's I'm grateful for that because I don't have an avenue yet to be able to do that. And so maybe, I mean, down the line, maybe I open up my own podcast or show and be able to don't start dare, telling John. my story. Don't you dare <laughs> doing a series. No, I'm you're fine. There's like, it's like flooded. Okay. Have your own podcast. Fine. No, I won't. I won't. You're good. No, sure. <laughs> it's hard to pack it all in, but uh, into like an hour or whatever. There's yeah. so much information. You've lived all this life and in, in so many years that, and all of it's important. So, um, you know, I'm new at this. I'm going to learn how to break it down into categories, but this has um, been extremely helpful. I think, especially for those who are like me, maybe this whole thing was selfishly driven and that I was like, this is what I need to know in case no, my daughter was, needs to have yeah, surgery. Exactly. Yeah, I drove that train, you're right. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it's perfect. That happened. So you were smart, though. Um, yeah. You did your research. <laughs> I got my research and I did it for myself and everybody else. But I wanted to just tell you before I forget, you conjured a memory of um, one of my favorite people who I used to... Model, I used to volunteer to be in their fashion shows. His name's Johnny Immerman. Maybe because okay. you're also Johnny. Uh, Johnny, there you go. But he has an organization called Immerman's Angels. Okay. And it's for people who have cancer. And the whole theory, like when I would talk to him, I've had lunch with him. He's a beautiful human. Um, this was years ago too. I always felt this way, but he put it into words that made it click for me. He said, it's like if you finish a race, you get to the end yeah, and you go back to the beginning and you help somebody else get to the end. Yeah, yeah exactly. That to me, I was like, boom, that's what it is. If you share, 
you finished the race, you got through your things, but boy, if you could go back to the beginning and tell everybody like what potholes are coming up and like what other like gnarly, like rubbish is gonna, Yeah. yeah, that would be really, really cool. So, um, we're gonna have, I have so many other things I wanted to ask you, but I feel like we're running over time. We can do another one. We yeah, we it. will. I do want to uh, have that list. I hate to give you more tasks. I did write down, you know, health grades, different things that you mentioned so that people can reference them. But um, if there are any products or things in particular that from your experience you've seen are uh, something to look into, I'd love to get that for the people if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. That'd be awesome. I'll get that list for you guys. And I mean, I can do a knee list and a hip list and I'll get it for you for the bio. He's like, yeah, like I have nothing else to do. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Johnny Caffaro. Thank you so much. So much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, this is just part one. Perfect. I love it. Have a great night. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye.